family life can be both rewarding and frustrating. That is why we are here to strengthen families with quality information and support to meet the many challenges they face. Welcome to In Support of Families. Parents all over the world have been through the same trials that you are facing. Your host, Emma Lou Penrod, is here to help with valuable parenting tips for a happy, orderly home. Today, I'm talking to Barb Decker. I just took a class with her, and she is an amazing woman. I just loved learning from her because she's so passionate about what she does. She's a certified prenatal bonding facilitator, and she has been a childbirth educator for 49 years. Barb, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. And I love your story about how you got into this. 49 years, you must have started when you were two. Oh, yeah, thanks a lot. <laughs> no, I, I started with my first child uh, back in uh, 19, oh gosh, Mark, Mark was born 68, 1968, and um, Lamaze was just starting. Um, I remember Elizabeth wrote the six practical lessons for easier childbirth or something like that. And I, I had that book and I took it into the doctor and I said, I want to have the baby this way. And he said, oh, no, honey, I'm sorry. You can't have a baby um, with Lamaze because it's um, it's too difficult. You just have to trust me. <laughs> And unfortunately, I did. And instead of relaxing with my surges, with my contractions that I had back then, uh, I tensed up. I would sit up in the bed and I go, oh, and I would tense up with every single contraction. So I didn't do myself any favors because I was more uncomfortable than I needed to be. But I didn't know that at the time. So I did end up having a medication where I had a very negative uh, reaction. And luckily, my son and I are safe and sound and healthy. But the doctor said I was allergic to the medication and I, I could not have anything when I had the next baby. So to try to take some classes. So uh, we were in the Navy at the time, and the Navy had classes, and it was Le Mans at that, at that time. And I did my hopping, and I did my puffing, and I did my exercises, and I really wasn't scared. I was not scared. And five hours from the time that my labor started, I was ready to have my baby. Five hours for the second one. And I'm on my way down to the delivery room going, I hope it's a girl. I hope it's a girl. Because we didn't have ultrasounds back then. Remember? Yep. Yep. We didn't know. Yeah. It was a boy, but I kept him. So <laughs> he's a beautiful, he's, he's just the greatest guy in the whole wide world. Anyway, I was so amazed at how much the tools helped me through that labor on breathing and focusing and so forth that I became a childbirth educator right after within weeks that Peter came home from the hospital I wanted to learn how to be an educator and because we were in the Navy we were in Portsmouth Portsmouth Virginia and this big naval hospital there. So what the naval hospital did was they took a couple of mothers and trained them 
to it's a big area it's it's many many miles around you have little creek virginia and and um it, it just spans uh, quite a bit of space so what they decided to do was rather teach than teaching the classes at portsmouth naval hospital they sent families to our homes and they would send the students to our homes once we were trained by the navy instructor and that's how I got started. And then we were uh, transferred to Naples, Italy, and they actually had a classroom waiting for me <laughs> when we were transferred to Italy in 1971. I started teaching the whole staff and the nurses how to do the Lamaz method. So it just was super, super successful. And they were very happy having it there at the Naval Hospital. When we returned in 75, I taught in the small community uh, uh, where I was living at the time on Cape Cod. I really enjoyed my work and I had the opportunity to meet this wonderful woman called Penny Simpkin. And she gave a term for helping people in labor is supporting women in labor. So I decided to take the course hoping to learn more tools that would help my couples. Instead, what she taught was how to be a doula, how to be a support person for someone in labor. And I finally had a term for something that I'd been doing even in the Naval Hospital because the husbands would be at sea, I would assist the women in labor. But what Penny taught was were all these wonderful positions um, that we could help the mothers get in, that would help turn the baby. So it was a fantastic education. So I became a doula. But the one challenge was I worked at the same hospital as a as in the laboratory while I was trying to train as a doula and get my certification. So I couldn't call in sick. <laughs> No. <laughs> My mothers would wait until Friday night when I got off duty and they'd go into labor and then I could assist them. So it worked out really well because I had another friend that would be able to cover for me. So once I became a doula, I started doing going to their conferences. And at a conference in Toronto in 1999 was the first time I was exposed I was exposed to hypnosis. And Phyllis Klaus, psychotherapist, was the teacher. And at that training, at that training, I was blown away with the power of hypnosis. Phyllis just gave us a few suggestions in our mind with our eyes closed. And we took ourselves to whatever place felt right. And guess what? I went to my godmother's house and I just felt like I was there in the room with her. I could smell everything cooking. I re recognized all the rooms in the house because it was an unusual house. And I became very tearful because I was amazed how just a suggestion could be put in your mind and you could, you could take it and you felt like you were there. It was just so powerful. So I, that's when I looked into hypnobirthing. I wanted to know more about hypnosis. I took my hypnobirthing training in 2000 and was certified by 2002. 
and what a wonderful program it was. I noticed the mothers that I did regular childbirth training with, they had pretty good labors, but they were really exhausted. When I taught the hypnobirthing class, the mothers were nowhere near as tired because they were in such a relaxed state. And I saw the power of the difference. So that's why I really prefer to teach hypnobirthing. And I don't, I, I don't like to teach other childbirth classes. And I basically stopped. I haven't taught regular classes for about 10 years. It's just hypnobirthing that I really have the passion for. And once I became a uh, hypnobirthing practitioner, we're childbirth educators, then I got my hypnotherapy license so I could write special scripts for the circumstances of the family. And, um, and that grew into the opportunity because of hypnobirthing, we talked to the baby in the womb. Nobody ever mentioned that. Nobody mentioned that. We heard about singing and reading to the baby, but really to talk to the baby and realize that baby is sentient and feeling everything that the mother feels, I was blown away with that information. And that's when I started looking into the Association of Pre- and Perinatal Psychology because Mickey Mongan was a firm believer that our babies are sentient, that they're feeling everything, they're sensing everything, and that's part of the hypnobirthing program. So I became a real advocate and took trainings through APA, where I became a prenatal educator so that I could teach preconception classes, early pregnancy classes, and I took another training course called The, the Greatest pregnancy ever. That was the first one I took. And that started at conception or even before conception, but that program is no longer available, unfortunately. So I took the PPNE course and then I had the opportunity to train with a German psychoanalyst and learn about taking a family early in their pregnancy finding out their family history and facilitating these beautiful baby sessions with them through, through the whole pregnancy. I spend 20 to 30 sessions with the mother and baby and dad, if possible, that baby in the womb and help facilitate the mother using her mind to communicate with the baby. And those babies that are born to these families have so much self-esteem. They are absolutely, they're way mature because they're welcomed, they're loved, they know their parents are making time for them. And this is also something that we're doing with hypnobirthing. We're teaching the parents to make time for that baby growing in the womb, knowing they're listening, noticing that, knowing they're feeling, so that they can feel more secure when they come into the world. So I've had the blessing of taking all of these wonderful courses 
really over the past 10, 10 years. And I'm 75 now, and I have no desire to stop. <laughs> I'm going to keep going until I'm six feet under, because our families need to know how sentient these babies are and how sensitive they are that a mother can literally change the architecture of the baby's brain by welcoming that baby in the womb. Extending love by sending love, helping the nervous system regulate while the baby's nervous system is growing in the womb. It's powerful work, powerful. And with hypnobirthing, even though we get our students at six months, six months is better than no time, but they learn this knowledge in their classes. So yeah, I'm very partial to hypnobirthing for that reason, that we're educating the sentientness of the baby. We are helping them have a much more comfortable birthing experience. And the baby, because of the wonderful music and CDs they listen to, their emotional regulatory system is much more settled. They tend to be calmer babies. So in the end result, moms have more rewarding births. They're becoming empowered and they have the reward of that baby knowing he's wanted and loved and welcomed into the world. I just took your class and I heard the phrase expressed several times. It's more than just about getting the baby out. That's correct. Hypnobirthing is more, much more than just getting the baby out. It's, it's ideas for decent parenting, for caring parenting, to responding to your baby. It is loving that baby in the womb so the baby feels safe inside and he's not afraid to come into the world. So it, and, and it teaches you lifelong lessons, breathing techniques, fear release, understanding how, uh, how powerful the mind is in making change what may have happened to, during your life that may not have been great you can shift into a new way of thinking to be able to nurture this baby the way a mother may not have been nurtured themselves and if you were nurtured it's going to expand that wonderful feeling of nurturing i, I love that we talk about breaking the cycle of child abuse or poverty or anything, we have that power. Well, there's, there's a very important study that's out all over the place, and that's called the ACE study, where it's adverse childhood experiences. But people that learn about hypnobirthing will be able to prevent abnormal or abusive pregnancy prenatal experiences because they're welcoming these babies into the womb the babies can feel safe and when a mother and a dad or a partner because we have all sorts of families in this world right now the most important thing for that baby in the womb needs to know is that he's loved he or she is loved and welcomed that is going to make a difference in the child's nervous system. 
when the baby's nervous system is more regulated and they're born, the parents already know how to parent. So it's naturally to, for them to follow through and respond to the needs of that child once the baby is born. So we can shift society with knowing every animal in nature needs to be nurtured. And that is human nature too. Yes. And, you know, I, I think we're all aware that the pregnant women shouldn't be smoking or drinking alcohol, but really what, you know, it's, it's what kind of music she's listening to. It's the kind of relationship she has with others. It's, you know, whether or not the, the baby has to listen to quarreling and all of that. Absolutely right. Because babies, babies, definitely, it's been shown on ultrasounds that babies that are only three months in the womb jump when there's violence going on around them. They feel it. They sense it. It's in their body. So when we talk about hypnobirthing and healing, we have to think about the fact that it's within the body as well as in the mind. Yes. So doing therapies that work with the mind are half the job. We need the feelings within the body to be released also. And that can happen with wonderful craniosacral work, with massage therapists that work specially understanding this prenatal influences in that person's body can are able to release those things so that the person can can heal basically from anything they have been exposed to. Uh And that once trauma has been recognized Uh at any age, I don't care how old you are, you can still heal from that trauma just by reaching someone with pre and perinatal psychology background. Wow. And and there are all different sorts of therapies that are out there for you to address those things. There's one of our friends that's in the organization and she specializes with people that are even grandparents that are seeing their own traumas and, and being able to get over their own traumas, even at an elderly age, people are carrying or can carry a lot of trauma through their lives and never recognize it. Oh yeah, I agree. I I totally agree. And you were saying that through this prenatal, being aware that this infant is hearing everything. And and another favorite of mine is it seems like every woman who has had a baby when you know here's the the expectant mother for the first time they just feel obligated to tell every horrible thing that ever happened to them. <laughs> and that's, well, that's why we teach them in hypnobirthing. Don't listen to those horror stories <laughs> because it makes you wonder, uh, are they true? Is that going to happen to me? And it makes you question yeah. whether you're capable of, of having a baby, you know, in a calm way. Yeah. So yeah. you really have to learn to block those horror stories off because it's interesting when we do reunions, I've heard from so many of the mothers that they went to their, their group support group. And a lot of the mothers were, rah, 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 rah. this was terrible. This was terrible. This was terrible. And, and yet our moms 
didn't feel that way at all. They had a good birth. Yeah, yeah. So when it's it's like a customer service quote. When you have a bad time, you tell 40 people. When you have a good time, you only tell four. Uh-huh. <laughs> so you you really that's why people don't hear about the beautiful stories. Yeah. <laughs> because that the challenging stories are the ones that sell. That's true. So <laughs> it's true. So when they go to these, you know, when they go to this group settings, they almost don't the person will say, Well, yeah, you had a good birth, but you were just lucky. Uh-huh. So I encourage them to say, no, I did a different type of training and it worked for me. So I wasn't just lucky. I did it a different way. But you, they oftentimes don't want to speak up because they don't want the other families to feel bad. Exactly. Exactly. I, I, I use Lamaze with my children and had wonderful natural births. I can see now that I'm learning hypnobirthing, it's even better. But I know I've been in groups where I've thought, I don't want them to be upset with me, so maybe I'll just be quiet. <laughs> exactly. And we don't want to downplay all the work that Lamaze has done for parents. Oh, yeah. That's, that's not what we're saying. I mean, it is an alternative method of childbirth. Ours is different, and it's a different way of approaching it. There are, hypnobirthing may not be right for everyone. They may need to have that outward focus. They may need to to do the outward work. It may be right for a lot of people, but it's a it's a choice to do something a little bit different and and to be able to trust your body. Because remember this book I, I mentioned to you at the class, Nature's Master Plan for Birth. Uh-huh. Um, that book is kind of, it's written by a couple of doulas. And the beauty of that book is it's reminding people that we have turned so much for a medical birth that people don't believe you can have a baby without a lot of interventions. Yes, that's true. When our bodies were built to have babies. Yes, yeah. yeah. But because they're so fearful that they really feel as though they can't have a baby without all the inter- interference, you know, all the interventions. So it's, it's what's in the media. It isn't their fault. And te- people are going to take the techniques and trainings that they have researched and it feels right for them. Uh, we do find that the people that do the hypnobirthing have done quite a more research. In other words, many people spend more time picking out a new car than they do whatever practitioner is going to birth their baby. You know, the mother births the baby, but they spend more time than they do picking out whether it's a midwife or an obstetrician or anything like that. They don't take the time to do that like they do when they're buying a new car. Yes, So it's the same thing when you're planting a garden. You know, you am I going to go organic? You know, what kind of bulbs? Who's going to feed it and so forth? We spend more time doing that than we do about what options we have in birthing. Yes, yes. Which is really kind, kind of sad. But uh, where I live in Seattle, they have many, many options to birth their baby. Home birth, birth centers, hospital births. 
and uh, because of the the virus that's going on right now, I've heard there's a run on midwives because oftentimes they're not letting the doulas into the hospital or they're not even letting the partners in sometimes to be with the mothers, which is really sad because they need that emotional support. Yes. So I'm encouraging them ways that they can still communicate uh, through technology, either communicating through their phone while they're in labor or um, bringing an iPad so they can communicate. It's, it's only temporary and it's that what they feel is it's for safety reasons, but that's, that's, that's frightening a lot of people oh, yeah. family right now. Oh, yeah. So having a birth center birth or a home birth, people are kind of trying to see if they can still have that opportunity. I had several of my children at home and, and really with a, a healthy mother and a healthy baby, you don't need. That's right. It's 85% of our population could probably fit into that category. And, yeah. um, and so more and more parents are looking at um, alternative ways to birth their baby. But I also want to remind the parents that you can have a hypnobirthing, beautiful birth in a hospital. If yes. that's what your choice is, if you feel safer, then that's the right place for you. And that's the key is to feel safe. Where you're going to feel the safest. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Now, could you talk just a little bit? You mentioned uh, with hypnobirthing, there's, you mentioned the outward work and the inward. So in hypnobirthing, how is the mother doing? Well, with hypnobirthing, it's just a totally different, different concept. Instead of focusing on an outside object with regular classes, okay. you are looking inward and you're visualizing what your baby is doing on the inside. Wow. So your eyes are closed and you're not seeing all the extraneous stuff that's going on in the room. You're listening to this wonderful, relaxing music that is encouraging, positive thinking slow music that helps you do your breathing nice and slow. So the slower you do your breathing, the larger you make your breath, the more oxygen is going to the baby, to all the muscles that are doing the work. So there's a lot less discomfort. Oh yeah. And because there's less discomfort, you are able to tolerate much later in your labor before you feel like you need to go to the hospital. Uh -huh. And, um, and so it gives you, um, it gives you that great length of time where you can spend most of the time at home. There's one thing that I remember Penny Semkin saying recently, she was very concerned about the mothers that were feeling a lot of discomfort at what used to be active labor a couple of years, active labor used to be three to four centimeters of dilation before they were uh -huh. going to admit you to the hospital. And OBGYN changed the criteria that active labor is more like five to six centimeters. And that means your surges are coming a lot closer together. You are starting to possibly feel some 
strong discomfort by that point. And she worries about those that are not being admitted and they really need some pain relief. So um, this is a great concern for her. As a hypnobirthing teacher, I find most of our, our students don't even think about going to the hospital till they're six to seven centimeters. They don't yeah. even think that they belong there. Yeah. To, they don't want to go because they're content in their home. Yeah. So, so that's where I yeah. see a big difference because of the inward relaxation. They can rest. They can go in the tub. They can do another nap. They're, they're more comfortable much further into the labor. Yes. And, and so when they get to the hospital, there's oftentimes less interventions. Yeah. And they oftentimes don't feel that they need lots of uh, pain relief. In, in the 2014 statistics, I think our, our cesarean rate was only about 18%. Epidural rate was only about 24%. And considering that most hospitals is 70 to 90% is people take epidurals and ours is much lower. So our mothers are able to stay more comfortable, I believe, using the hypnobirthing. At least what that's what I have observed as a teacher doing mm -hmm. the reunions and as a doula. When you yeah. stay inside and you focus deeply and you listen to your music and you practice, that's the key, okay. is practicing the tools that we teach you. That's the key. You, for the most part, when that baby, you visualize that baby in position, then the chances are you're going to have a better birth. And I always teach my students from the first script that we read, I stay calm no matter what way my labor turns. So if a woman does need some medication and she feels that's what she needs at the time, there shouldn't be guilt put on them. Nope. And if they need a cesarean, they know they've done everything they could to help that baby come out. Uh -huh. and and stay calm because the outcome is going to be better the more calm you are oh and always that's, always that's my bottom line is the more you're faced with the more stressed you are then the less oxygen gets to that mother gets to that baby yes so take it in stride if changes need to be made from your preferences, be part of the decision-making Yes. so that you understand why the change needs to be made. Then move on to what's necessary and stay as calm as possible because in the long run, the outcome is going to be better. And this applies not only to birth, but to just about any situation, you know, on the job, any medical treatment or anything you know the more you can stay calm the better decisions you make it, it also almost sounds like you know that champion uh championship golfer you know 
uh, visualizing dropping that perfect pat, you know? <laughs> it's true. It's true. I have a friend that teaches golf hypnosis. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. So the hypnosis is a very powerful tool that people joke about because of the stage, you know, the stage shows. Yeah. And that's yeah. one reason that I don't like the stage. There are some stage hypnotists that are doing incredibly good things they're yes. not making them act like a chicken up on the stage they're, they're able to get them to do other things like recite a poem they may maybe haven't heard in 20 years and yeah, they're able to yeah. recite a poem um so there are some hypnotists but it, it makes a laughing stock out of hypnotism when it's really an incredibly powerful course and a, powerful, an yes powerful tool yeah. I agree. Totally. Oh, Barb, thank you so much. I'd love having a chance to talk to you again. I think you do wonderful things and I applaud you. Well, thank you for taking the course with us and coming all the way up to Seattle when we had these bugs up here and you still came. <laughs> I enjoyed that. I enjoyed it. I learned so much. I'm so excited and thank you. And thank all right. you for your time and you have a great day. Thank you so much for having me, Emmy. And anybody that has any interest, they can look at my website, Soul of Birthing, and, um, and learn something about the prenatal bonding work I do. All right. We'll have that link on my, on my page with this post. And then also uh, Hypnobirthing International. So they can, wherever they are, they can find a hypnobirthing instructor. That's right. No matter where you are in the world, we're all over the place. And if we're not there, you can do it by Zoom if we don't have anybody near you. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, that's what I'm doing right now because of the virus. I'm teaching my hospital classes through, through the internet. We have permission yes. to do that so that yeah. our students are still getting the tools that they need to help them have their babies. Yep. Awesome. Thank All right. You. Hey, bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. I started this podcast with the goal of providing useful information to parents and families. I'd like to know how I'm doing. Please like and subscribe on whatever platform you're using, and then go to my website, hypnosis4motivation.com. Leave a comment and let me know what your greatest challenges are. Are there topics you'd like to learn more about that we haven't covered yet? How can we help meet your needs as a family member? Do you have a story to share that would help others? Reach out to me at hypnosisformotivation.com, use a number four. I'd love to hear from you.